1: We desire, so we get. How to Tame That Desire War, coming up next. Join us. We've used the term more often than not, whatever your heart's desire. But the problem is our hearts are deceitfully wicked above all else who can know it, says the Bible. So how do we win the desire war? How do we align these desires with God's desires? Well, that's the question we're answering today on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well. We invite you to join us in James 4. We'll look at the first six verses as we continue our look at James and today, winning the desire war. Here's Pastor Napoleon with today's Times of Refreshing.
2: James chapter 4. James chapter 4. As you can tell, I've been looking at this book of James for a couple weeks here. James chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses 1 on down to 6. The title of my message this morning is Winning the Desire War. Winning the Desire War. Okay? Not all desire is bad. God, he loves us to have desires that are inspired by him. And that align with his purpose. So when it comes to desire, God's not against Desire. Now, we just want to make sure, like I said, that it's inspired by him and that it aligns with his overall purpose. The word desire in the Greek, it means to want strongly. It means to feel a passion for something. The feeling that accompanies an unsatisfied state. The feeling that accompanies an unsatisfied state. Okay? So there are times when we, des- we desire things. We want something strongly, okay? We feel a passion for something. Or we have a feeling that is accompanied by this feeling of being unsatisfied. And that can be good, but it can also be bad. It just depends on the inspiration. Who is inspiring you? God will inspire you. He will put desire within your heart for stuff. He put a desire in the heart of Nehemiah to build the wall. Nehemiah said, God put it in my heart to do this. There's times we look at the book of Solomon and God put wisdom in Solomon's heart and, and helped him and gave him a desire to build. So there's things that God places in our hearts and wants us to desire. And that is healthy. It's inspired by God. And we'll get into Some more detail here, but it's inspired by God, and it's going to help to achieve the purpose of God. Ultimately, God is endorsing it. But not every desire that you have comes from God. And we have to be very, very sensitive about this. Because not only does God place desires in your heart, the devil places desires in your heart. He will put, put, I want you to put your finger right here, leave it there, and then go to John chapter. I want you to go to John chapter 13. Okay, so keep that spot because we're going to come right back. Go to John chapter 13. I was looking at this this morning. And I said, hmm, this right here is very dangerous. Go to John chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. It says, now, now before the feast of the Passover... When Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he he should depart from the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And, and, And supper being ended, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, he says, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. It says he arose after supper and whatnot. But it says very clearly here that the devil put it into Judas's heart to betray Jesus. So this, this desire to betray was not inspired by God, obviously. It was something that was in the heart. Of Judas that came as a result of the devil inspiring him, making suggestions to him, and him coming into agreement with the devil's desire. So he put it into his heart. So now, as we go back to James, we have to see that not every desire that you have is inspired by God. Some of it is our own desire, some of it, we see very clear here, is the devil placing things in your heart. To get you to do His will instead of God's will. So we have to win the desire war. Look at your neighbor and tell him we got to win the desire war. We got to win this war that is an internal struggle in battle. Because ultimately, whoever we yield to is going to get the victory in and through our lives. So we have to stop when we have desires and go through the process. And we're going to look at this here as we go down. Go through this process and always keep in mind, just because I feel a passion for something does not mean that it's always God. Just because I have an unsatisfied feeling about something does not mean that it's always God. Just because I'm in a position where Where I'm, you know, I have some discontent or I've got this going on. It doesn't mean that God is moving me and motivating me to do something. I have to stop and say, wait a minute here, man. If the devil can put this in Judas's heart, then there is a possibility that he can put something in my heart if I'm not watchful. So I have to win the desire war. Amen? Now watch this. He says in verse 1 of James chapter 4. He says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires or lust for pleasure that war in your members? So it is a war. So your desire for pleasures or desires for things is warring within you. He says wars within your members. So there's this internal struggle that I'm dealing with. He says in verse 2, You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be the friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you not think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to who? To the humble. Okay, so it is clear here. That the Apostle James is dealing with something that he undoubtedly probably dealt with. That all of us as human beings have to deal with. He says, where do these wars and fights come from? He says, it comes from the desire that we have within us that wars within our members. And so, a lot of times people don't have peace in their life because they're not getting what they want in life it's not that God hasn't blessed them it's not that they're not in the purpose of God it does not does mean that you know God is not moving in their life but it's just that they're not getting what they want at the moment so there's an unsettling there there's a discontent there and then there's a fight that starts going on now watch this there's a war that takes place within people why isn't God blessing me why am I going through this I live better than that person. I don't get it. You know, and then, you know, I I just feel like there's more. And I got to do this. And and what happens is people start going through this internal struggle and fight. And then once they start getting into this war, what happens? Their peace leaves. Can I talk about this, y'all? Their peace leaves. Their sleep leaves. Their joy leaves. Their sense of satisfaction with being in the will of God and then just enjoying God's presence is not enough. It's not, it, it starts to leave. Then people start getting into this, this deal in their life where they start chasing after stuff that God never has inspired. But what happens is it, it creates this war that really should not be a war. It creates a war that should not be a war. That's why he says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desire for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. He says, you murder and covet. And this is what happens with people. They do like Cain and Abel. Cain saw the good in another person's life and desired that good To the point that he was willing to kill his brother to get that good. Okay? And so he talks about envy. What happens is now I stop looking at God and I start looking at how God is using somebody else. And I start measuring myself by them instead of just enjoying what God is doing in my life. Your success is not tied to somebody else's life. Can I have an amen, y'all? What God is doing with somebody else is what he's doing in their life. It doesn't mean that God's not blessing you and keeping you. It just means that you're at where you're at. They're at where they're at. And so what happens is now we start to murder. Now, we don't murder people physically a lot of times. But we murder people with our tongues. And we talked about this last week. We start hating on people. Why do they get to sing and I don't? Why is it, why are they, well, why do they become a minister and I'm not? Why, why are they this? And, and we start, and then we start, well, I, I heard them speak. They can't speak that good. Being a minister in the church isn't about preaching, y'all. It's not just about preaching. This is, this is, this is the part that we, this is 45 minutes. We step down from the pulpit and then you got to pour your life into people. Can I have an amen, y'all? And so what happens is now we start, we start tearing people down. We, we start murdering people with our tongues because we want or desire what they have, but we're not getting it. So now frustration sets in and we do it. In, and I'm not just talking about ministry. We do it on our jobs all the time. People do it on their jobs all the time. How did he get a raise? I'm going to set some folks free this morning. How did he get a raise, man? How did he get a raise before me? He just got here. How, this is crazy. I'm going to HR. They got some explaining to do. So now, so now we're, 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 we're being haters. And then now we, well, how did Jimmy get the job, man? He's, look at him, man. Look at him, man. He don't even dress right, man. And we start chopping people down. Can I preach this this morning, y'all? Because we're going to be Christians. So now we're not hating on this person over here. God is doing something in their life, or they may not even be saved, but that doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm just going to keep working hard, doing my job, and being faithful. And God sees me. He knows how to promote me. How many know God is the greatest promoter in the world? But then what happens, we murder. And then he says, not only murder, he says, and covet. Now I'm being covetous. I'm not enjoying my life. He says here, we're being covetous. And then he goes on. He says, and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. So now it's a matter of, Lord, help me to understand that if this is where you have me, I'm believing you to do something else. I'm getting this desire. I want to make sure that it's, it's, it's coming from you and, and it is born of the Spirit. But I got to start asking God. The problem with a lot of times, the problem that we have in life is we are asking the wrong people. Amen. That, That's it. We have to learn that God knows how to promote us. And the more that we can say, God, I'm just going to bring my petition to you, the more we'll see our prayers being answered if they align with the will of God. But if we start feeling like we have to go on a campaign, then we're not letting the chief exalter do his job. Now, I understand in certain circumstances there needs to be a little bit of a combination of both, but we have to see that we do not have a lot of times because we do not ask. But it's not just about asking. It goes even deeper than that. Look what he says here. He says, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. And so now... We get into a position where God says, okay, you've asked me, but are you asking me from the right position and condition of heart? We ask amiss, and because our desires have gotten the best of us, and now we just start wanting things for our own pleasures instead of for God's purpose. And we start wanting things that are totally out of God's will for our lives, but yet we don't care about God's will. We just want what we want. We haven't prayed about it. We haven't thought about it. We haven't considered it. We haven't contemplated it. We haven't sat down and reasoned with God about it. We haven't sat down and reasoned with others about it and the consequences of it, me getting this in my life. What happens if I get this? Can I afford this? Is this and we don't go through the process To really come to a healthy place so that God, when he gives us something, he knows he can trust us with it. So what happens to all of us is we have to stop and tell ourselves to wait. Check your heart. We prayed about it. We asked God about it. We've sought God on it. Now we got to pray and make sure our hearts are ready to receive that which God is placing in our lives. Nothing worse than God allowing you to receive something prematurely to teach you a lesson. I got it, but you know what? I wish I wouldn't have. So what happens is we have to stop as Christians and say, hold on. I am under the command of God. I have a commander in chief over my life. Now, there's things that, that I want that are harmless, that are, you know, it, it's, it's nothing. But, but there's things that I want that have great ramifications if I get this in my life or if I do this. Have I sat down and counseled with God? Have I counseled with the people of God? Have I sat down and said, okay, God, check my heart in this because I don't want to ask amiss that I may spend it on my own pleasures. Can I have an amen, y'all? So we have to stop and constantly be aware of this as we're going through our lives. Whatever it is that we're dealing with. Is this the job? I can't just choose this job based on them giving me more money. You can get the job and be miserably out of the will of God. And then sitting there and you're collecting. And then the next thing you know, you get the job and then they fire you after you get there for three months. When God had you in a good place, you wasn't making as much money, but God, you, all of us have to go through this process because you can't make decisions solely based on money or pleasure. You have to find the finger of God and stick to the finger of God and let God take you on a journey that'll just, it, it, it'll, it'll be the blessed, the most blessed thing you ever experienced if you just stick with God. Can I have an amen, y'all? Because I've seen it happen. And I've seen it happen so many times. People totally out of the will of God because they're just chasing after stuff. Their desire got the best of them and they lost the desire war. So the Apostle James, he says here, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasure. There are also times, and I like this too, as we read this, there's times when God says, I'm not giving you anything. So we have unanswered prayers all over the place. Because God, he says, you know what, I'm just not going to, you're asking amiss. You just want this for your own desire. And I've seen this happen in my own life. I prayed, Lord, give me that. Oh, my goodness, Lord. I would be set free if you gave me that. You said whom his son sets free is free indeed. I would be free. We start quoting scriptures all out of context. I walked through an open door. And when I walked through the open door, I felt the an anointing. And then God said He's gonna give me an open door in life. Now He's gonna bless me. We start going wacko. Everything isn't a sign, y'all. You just drove under an overpass that said, go. That don't mean it was a sign from God. Can I have an Amen? It said go. It's been saying go the last 50 times you went under it. He's not talking to you. (laughs) We had a green light, and the green light goes, Woo! that's the Lord. He said go. I got to go in life. Whatever it is, I got to go through this door. Come on, y'all. We don't want to over-spiritualize every little thing that happens in our life. Listen, don't be that desperate to hear from God. God, he doesn't have to send subliminal messages to you. He'll talk to you. Can I have an amen, y'all? And so we won't want to be spooky. Now nobody's going to want to drive with you. (laughs) Because every time you go under an overpass that says go, you're going to think it's a prophetic word. See, some of y'all are quiet in here. And so what happens y'all is we have to realize that God is going to also, now he will teach us a lesson, but he will also withhold things from us because we're asking from the wrong heart condition and position before him. Our motivation is bad. We're just pleasure seekers. We just, everything just, we want just the easy road in life and we miss out on winning the desire war, and we end up getting into bad situations. Can I have an amen? And how many can, how many can say, Pastor, I've been there before? Amen. I've been there before, y'all. So I get it. Look at verse 4. He says, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. This is very clear here. Now, for God so loved the world, God desires to see men and women saved. But when we allow the cultural influences in our lives to push us into an affair, and what I mean by that is we start cheating on God. We start cheating on God and choosing the world instead of God. Then what happens is we make ourselves an enemy of God when we choose the world. Now the problem that we have is, is that people will sit in church and they'll come because it's the religious thing to do, not realizing that they're cheating on God because they haven't fully given him themselves over to his desires and to his will in their life. They haven't even prayed about his will in their life. They're just being driven by their own desires, but we want to get to a place where the moves we make are in alignment with God and his purpose for our lives. And so we have to stop and say, you know what, I'm not just going to do what the world is doing. I'm going to do my best to align myself with God's will for my life. And then make it your quest, like King David, to inquire of the Lord before you make decisions in life. And make sure that our hearts are constantly in alignment with God's will. Well, this is huge, y'all. Because that's not how most people live. They do. They want to do what they want to do and then ask God to bless them. Or think that God is blessing them because they got it done. But just because we got something done doesn't mean God blessed us. Amen. Can I have an amen, y'all? We want to make sure we're aligned with God's will. So we don't want to cheat on God by constantly allowing ourselves to be, to be um sucked into the world's ways and desires about doing things we don't want that and we want to make sure that when it comes to God's will and we see this here that 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 I align myself with God's will and me being in the will of God is going to help me to stay in relationship with God